I'm Dan Kersky. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 60. Episode, wow, 60. Yep, 6-0. That, we, our, our show could qualify for retirement. Uh, I don't know, in these day and age. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a few uh, more episodes before that can happen. Fine. Let's milk the system as long as we can. <laughs> um, okay. Alright, so tonight we're talking about, uh, Green Lantern Trader. This is a, um, a, uh, DC, what was the series called? Legends? Legends of the DC Universe? DC Legends. Yeah, DC Legends. It was a series that ran through the 90s. It's, well, well, why don't you tell them why we're doing this? Okay, well, oh yeah, you're right. It's actually called Legends of the DC Universe. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, GL Kate, John Godwin on the forums, he had a, a big thread on, on their, um, listing a bunch of trades that he had to sell. And, you know, I got in there and I scooped up a bunch of the Green Lantern trades because I like having my Green Lantern in multiple formats. <laughs> and one of the one of the books that I got was the Green Lantern Trader trade. Now, I, I am almost positive that I have all the single issues, although I, again, am almost positive that I only ever read the Kyle Rayner issues. So... Because they they didn't uh, they didn't come out back to back these issues it was issues twenty twenty one twenty eight and twenty nine and thirty seven and thirty eight so yeah so uh, I got the, the the I read the last two issues back when they first came out and I enjoyed those so I was definitely looking forward to reading this and I mentioned it I think it was last episode right uh yeah yeah so you know you said. Why don't we review that next episode? And here we are. Yeah, I actually didn't know they came out like spread out like that, but it it really does make sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it does, it does, and uh, yeah. As we were going through, you can kind of see like they do kind of do like a recap throughout. You know, each of the the two you know mini stories. It, it, it's broken down into. Uh, two issue it's like three two issue arcs yeah you could you could read any one of them by themselves and i think each one of them has kind of an ending so if you wanted to just read the one with your favorite green lantern in it you could do that or you could read all of them and you could get a larger story yep all right so Let's dive in. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I'll do a quick review of the the first two issues here. So, like I said, this was issues twenty and twenty one of Legends of the DC Universe, or the first two parts of the uh, Green Lantern Le- uh, tra- Trader trade paperback. Uh, it's basically you have Abin Sir heading to Earth, and he's following the trail of this this alien. That's like conquered worlds all through the the universe, the galaxy, the sector. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll say sector. Okay. So they just say thousands of worlds. That works. So yeah, he he kind of crash lands on Earth, and thankfully he uh, falls under the protection of a a cowboy, a new um, what, what do you call these? Uh, Ranger. Marshall. Marshall. Uh, and what's the marshal's name? Oh, it is... 
I can only remember his last name. <laughs> it's Henry Lee. Henry Lee. Henry Lee Jordan. Oh, yes. yes. Henry Lee Jordan. So, so that's interesting. So, yeah, so you have Avin, sir. He's on the trail of this guy whose name is Traitor. His actual name is Devlos Ungol. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he may have taken up a, you know, a fake name while he's here on Earth. And uh, it turns out the reason that he's hunting this guy is because, you know, he's a alien warlord. He's destroyed tons and tons of worlds. And he's actually the, re- you know, he was the one that killed the guy before Abin Sir, who is, let's see, this is going to be, this is going to be a tough one. Star Kaor. Does that sound about right? Starkor. Starkor. S- wait, S-T-A-R-K, A, an O with an X over it, <laughs> and an R. Yeah. I don't know what the O with the X over it is supposed to add to the pronunciation, so I've just been thinking of him as Starkor. <laughs> okay, Starkor it is. Starkor was Abin Sir's predecessor, and he died battling Traitor. He kind of like, you know, as uh, Starkor died, Traitor was defeated in battle. So Abin Sir has been hunting him, and now he's on Earth. And, you know, coincidentally, this Henry Lee Jordan, he's also going after some bad guys that, uh, what, ever since, was it, Wyatt Earp hung up his boots, I think they said? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a nice little uh, call out to uh, the the Kents in Smallville, but um, yeah. So they they are going through the the old west, and uh, they finally track down this traitor and defeat him. And that's that's basically how the first part goes. Simple enough. Yeah. I usually don't like westerns, but I like this. Me too. Yeah, like it's. It's uh, and we should we should say uh, the the creative team for this like this is oh yeah the whole the whole the whole thing all six issues was written by Steve Grant and it was I think Mike Zeck drew these first two issues yes yes yeah and there's so many little things that those two guys put in here that kind of help I want to say almost humanize Abin Sir because like like when he and um. <laughs> he and uh oh god what's what's the what's jordan's first name i keep forgetting hank henry lee henry henry lee when henry when he and uh henry lee are talking at night before they go off uh you know hunting down trade or whatnot they're they're um they're like having like cups of coffee or soup or whatever and abin's holding his cup in one panel and then you turn the page and you can tell he tried and he thinks it's terrible and then you turn the page again and he's like pouring it out and it's just like little, just little, little personality <laughs> touches through their facial expressions and just throwaway bits of dialogue. Like, Henry Lee goes to bed down for the night and Abin's gonna stay up because he apparently doesn't require sleep. Or like, li- later on when he gets shot with a gold-tipped bullet, they want to pronounce him dead because it looks like it's through the heart, but he's an alien, so he tells them, hey, my heart's not there, basically. Yeah. What you call it? Yeah, it's funny when... He tastes the coffee. He's literally sticking out his tongue. Yeah. He's like, yuck. Which, that could be 
because the green energy cup has changed the taste of the coffee. Oh, the vinegar thing from yeah, yeah from Kyle's room. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this was a this was a good story. This is the first time we've seen Abin Sir's predecessor. Yeah, because like for the longest time, the only Abin Sir content anybody ever got was his death. So it's it's interesting to see him just on a solo adventure that doesn't end with him dying somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, seriously, I've seen more versions of Abinser dying than I have Abinser living adventures. You know. <laughs> well, there there was there was one story where not that uh not that he died, but he he like landed on Earth. And temporarily made somebody a Green Lantern. It was in uh, like a backup tale in the the second series of Green Lantern. I don't remember that. I remember there's um an annual or something where he chases an alien to Earth during the 40s, and him and Alan Scott end up trading rings for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that I remember. No, um, there was uh, hold on, issue 149 of Green Lantern. This is was this is saying that, yeah, issue one forty nine of volume two, uh, Daniel Young, like apparently oh, Abin yes. Sir got uh he like he crashed and you know he passed the ring on to Daniel Young temporarily. Yeah, and he's like he lived in like a log cabin and had a dog. And there's this great shot where like outside the door to his cabin was all this cosmic stuff, and it was great. Oh, well, are you confusing him with uh, Waverly Sayer? Maybe. Which one had a yeah. dog? <laughs> Wait, Waverly Sayer had his had the dog. All right, that's Waver- a- yeah. Waverly Sayer was probably the Green Lantern just before Starcore. Oh, okay. And he was he was also a human who was a Green Lantern. Although that's kind of odd considering what they've been you know doing in Blackest Night. Yeah. But whatever. I'll, I can't imagine anybody remembers that. <laughs> What what you call it? One thing that I thought was very interesting in this story was the way Abin Sir used his ring. Yeah. His his constructs were like they were very simple. You know, like with with Kyle especially, and you know to some extent also Hal Jordan, their their ring constructs are either more elaborate. They're like Earth items and things that actually mean stuff to us. You know, how Hal Jordan is, you know, punching glove and you know, everybody knows the, the old standbys and stuff like that. Yeah. But but with Abin Sir, he basically just uses the ring to get things done. You know, like he just he creates a beam that holds people up. He created like a like a pincher type thing to pick something somebody off a horse. And he, he created like a giant scoop at one point. It's all it's very basic stuff. He's very um John Stewart from JLU. With his yes. ring, mm-hmm. I kind of like I kind of like seeing him use the ring for energy effects, you know, as opposed yeah. to like, all right, can, I'll throw a giant panda at them. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; there's plenty of room for giant panda throwing, but yeah. the the only thing that it would have been cool to see like a couple of interesting constructs, only because that would give us a little more insight into. Like what is on Abin Sir's mind? Yeah, 
Although, if you think about it, he's probably trying to kind of minimize the cultural damage, you know. Oh, that's true. Prime directive and all. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Speaking of that, what do you think of how basically accepting everyone in the Old West is of, like, like, hey, there's this guy with, like, bright pink skin. He must be an Indian. Oh, that's, that's, that seems right to me. Let's go about our business. Oh my god, he just levitated people off the floor and made our guns dissolve. Oh, it's Indian magic. Alright, that makes sense. <laughs> Let's get some drinks. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it does kind of fit. Because, you know, you had a lot of, like, mysterious things going on back then. I mean, you know, you're talking about, like, back when people were like afraid of ghosts and stuff like that and you know how how much how much uh time had passed before before this where uh the Salem witch trials were going on people thought they were witches and stuff like that yeah you know it's just so funny like like i think there's even a scene in here where um henry lee and abin are talking and abin basically tells them yeah i'm an alien i come from the planet ungar and he's like and he just says says something like that's that's where is he? What does he say? Uh, oh, that's down. That's down by Bolivia, right? <laughs> and Abin's just like, ah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> well, he doesn't say homeworld. Um, he catches himself before he, you know, he says that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what you call it? I think it's it's important to note that this guy traitor, uh, Devlos Ungol. Like, he started out as, uh, like, a warlord kind of character, fighting in the armies. Um, they say he had a genius for war and slaughter. So they kind of, they gave him, like, this uh, super armor with uh, intense might and adaptability. Yes. So he basically became, like, a low-level version of Doomsday. Yep. Uh, and his his armor was powered by dying sons. Yeah, it had to be As, dying sons, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, alive sons actually, like, I think, what, like, stopped any power from happening. Yep. Yeah, so he had to be, like, within uh, shining distance of a dying star, basically, for it to be powered up. Yeah, which is appropriate for this kind of guy. <laughs> he's, he's, like, doomsday... Superman and a Dragon Ball Z character wrapped into one. <laughs> I like that they had uh, the golden bullets. Yeah. That's that's always clever. But how do you paint a bullet? No, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that the, the, the first two issues in this were fantastic. I I really liked them. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I mean, the only thing that I would I would kind of kind of go eh on was um the fact that he just happens to run into the ancestor of Hal Jordan. But it's like, but, you know, it, that's not even important to the story. Like, this guy could have been any random guy. Yeah. And, like, they only call him, they only use the last name Jordan, like, three times in this entire two-issue thing. Yeah, actually, I didn't, uh, I didn't catch it until later on when they said Sheriff Jordan. They don't treat it like a big deal kind of thing. Like, right. oh, that was Sheriff Jordan. There was no page turn reveal. They introduce him as, um, as, oh god, I keep forgetting his name, Henry... Henry Lee. Henry, Henry Lee. Lee. 
Henry Lee. They introduce him as Henry Lee. They call him Henry, Henry Lee for like six pages. And then in a random panel in the middle of a page, he calls himself Henry Lee Jordan when he's talking to somebody. And it's, 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 it's just like little and they don't make a huge deal about it. Now, I know that there was a mini-series of the Kents back in the Old West. I remember that, yeah. Now, I never read that, but was this guy in it? I, I didn't read it either. That would be, you, know, you see, that would be really cool. Because, like, they make a point of, of pointing out that he worked for Sheriff Nate Kent, the best man he ever knew. And the guy looks like, he basically looks like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what? At the end here, because Trader, and I don't even know if we said that he's called Trader because after he got those military upgrades, the first thing he did was kill his home planet. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't mention that. So you know, it's kind of a fitting moniker. But Trader, during their their big climactic fight, levels this town, and Avancer basically uses his ring to rebuild it. You know, he he puts all the rubble back into place and, like, it, 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 it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that made sense to me. Because at first I, I seem to remember the first time I read this, like, he just generated a new town, and the, I'm like, what? But you know, this, <laughs> this time around, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a panel where he's rebuilding it. It reminded me of I think it was Flash number two from the current run. Did you read that yet? Um... The apartment building. Oh yeah, yeah. How yeah. The, the, it was like a, a crack or something like that. It tore the entire building down, and he rebuilt it. Yeah, he rebuilt it by himself in like five minutes. Right. <laughs> and like this is essentially the same kind of thing, except like it's it's played less for humor, and <laughs> I, I I just remember because like even up to now, people are still talking about how that scene was like, stupid and piss them off and how, like, oh, it doesn't make sense that the Flash could do that, blah, blah, blah. Really? Yeah, like, every, almost everyone I've talked to about that issue has been complaining about it, how it was too silly and it makes no sense, and how can the Flash carry girders? That's stupid. And, and I'm like, come on. Come, wow. Just come on. <laughs> it, it, that, like, I thought that was played perfectly because, and, okay, spoilers for Flash number two now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they... <laughs> uh, not you know obviously we just spoiled some of it already, but uh, yeah he goes he runs and he reads books at super speed on how to rebuild uh, like an apartment building basically. Yeah, and then he does it, and so... then he does it like immediately afterwards, and he says like he can speed read, but he can only retain the information for a very brief period of time. Yeah, and then like he does a little bit where he replaces the little girl's doll and. I mean, it's yeah. but that's it was a display of power. It was you know informing people who might not have known about the speed reading thing about it, and it was played for fun. It was supposed to be funny too, like yeah, like sometimes sometimes we take these things too seriously. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, figure okay, well he's Abin Sarah, whatever he can rebuild the town if he wants to. Yeah. The one thing that I thought was a little, uh, I guess, ambiguous, you couldn't really tell too much, he basically, he's trapping Traitor in his ring in this, this last scene with Traitor. Yes. Because, um, like, I'm looking at it, and Traitor's trapped in, like, an energy bubble, and he's, you know, the bubble's getting smaller and smaller, 
Like, I basically took that as he was sending him off into outer space and he was getting farther and farther away. Really? Yeah, that's originally what I thought. Oh. So, the next part was a little surprising to me. Oh, alright. Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> next. Oh, God. Alright. Alright. <laughs> so, next. Alright, we got... This is Hal Jordan and the Atom. And it is... It's still written by Stephen Grant. This time, it is... Art by Gil Kane and... Oh, Klaus Jensen. So, we'll say drawn by Gil Kane, inked by Klaus Jensen. Yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely Klaus Jensen on inks. Which, which to point out, Gil Kane... Creator of Hal Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah, nice guy. Just throwing that out there. I'm assuming he's okay. a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Trader is still stuck wherever the hell Abinster stuck him. It's years later. He's watching Hal Jordan through Hal's ring as he fights, you know, his his usual cast of bad guys, and he's learning how to how to override Hal's control of the ring by watching how people like Hector Hammond and Black Hand do it. But again, Traitor's, he's he's all locked up. He's away from the starlight that powers him. So there's nothing he can do about it. So, you know, he... What does he do? He sets into motion this plan to get Ray Palmer, the Atom, close enough to Hal Jordan that the White Dwarf star material that's woven into Ray's costume to give him his size-changing powers will, like, give Traitor, like, this, uh, this tiny little boost of energy that'll be just enough to let him take control of Hal's ring. And, basically, and this is where we find out that for sure the Traitor is inside the ring, he basically takes the microscopic world inside the ring and swaps it out for Earth. So now the microscopic world is big and it's in it's in normal space and Earth is microscopic and inside the ring. So you know Ray tries to catch Hal up with all this crazy crap. They jump out of the ring and for some reason <laughs> are able to fight Traitor with their fists and not be killed immediately. <laughs> we get some some uh, James Bondian, like, villain monologuing with death traps, and then the uh, Hal wills the ring back to him, gives Ray a copy of the ring, so he can shrink down back inside the main ring, <laughs> and and use that ring to re-enlarge the Earth to normal size outside of the ring. Before it explodes, because that happens sometimes, apparently. But there's still the problem of, well, wait, if the world grows to normal size, it's going to hit the other world that's in its place, and they're both going to explode. But that's okay, because a suicidal dog pressed a button. <laughs> <laughs> a suicidal dog threw a switch and blew up the world. Not the one we care about, though, so that's all right. It was the one the traitor was on. So when the like when the Earth came back to normal size, it's just it, it, there was nothing in its way. It got put back to where it was supposed to be. California seems to have moved though, but we won't talk about that. And it's just Hal and the Atom, and also there's 
Gene Loring and Carol Ferris in matching bathing suits for no reason. And nobody can find Traitor. But that's all good, because he's in the sun now. <laughs> can I just say, I think... I think I must have gotten the issues of these, either when they came out or as back issues, but like I got them back in the 90s. Right. And I see this awesome Alex Ross cover of the Atom and Green Lantern just flying ahead of some fire and shooting stuff, and it looks awesome. <laughs> I read these two issues, I had no idea what the fuck happened. <laughs> like, like now, when I read, like, this is the first time in years that I've read this. Yeah. And now I could follow it, but back then, like, when I was younger, I had no, alright, I had no idea where they were at any point. I had no <laughs> idea, I couldn't figure out how Hal's ring was in multiple places at the same time, how or how are they in his ring if they're using his ring, and why does the Adam have his ring while he's in the ring, while Hal's using the ring, and, and like, I just, it just didn't click with me the whole, like, like, they they pulled the the box inside out to put the world over there kind of deal that they had going on. And, like, oh. I, t- and I totally missed the whole, you know, oh, they blew up this other world and that's what happened. Yeah, okay. Um, first off, I'll say that the first part of this I thought was very well done. You know, like, with uh, it, it's it's set to take place... I guess somewhat near the beginning of Hal Jordan's adventures. Yeah, because they say at the beginning, like, this is supposedly the first meeting of him and the Atom or something. Right, the first team-up between him and the Atom. So, if you if you read the issues, like, they could be, they could fit into, like, issue, you know, between 50 and 51 of the second series of Green Lantern, you know, back in the, I guess, late 60s or something like that. Yeah. These issues totally fit. Like, oh. they're, like, basically written, like, to a T to Hal Jordan's character back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And additionally, the the plot is so completely ridiculous, it also fits into, like, you know, the way that the stories went back then. It Wasn't Danny O'Neill doing a lot of art for the book back then, too, or am I thinking of a different time? Um... I think you're thinking of a later period, but I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, um, Gil Kane, I'm sorry. Gil yeah. Kane. Oh, yeah, Gil Kane. Um, I don't know how, how far he was, uh, he was drawing, but, yeah, I mean, if you, if you put this into a section where Gil Kane was drawing Hal Jordan, then yeah, it completely fits. Everything, like, stylistically, like, this is just a continuation of the original Hal Jordan adventures. Now, that having been said, the second part of this story is, like, it is confusing. And true to form, just like those old stories, they don't explain a lot of things. Like, where the hell did these dog creatures, you know... Yeah! Like, like there's an entire universe in the Green Lantern ring, you know? <laughs> and this is just one of the worlds that's in there. It's inhabited by suicidal dog creatures. <laughs> and... I I mean, you know, it's it's pretty bizarre. I hated the museum scene cuz I couldn't fit I like I didn't even touch on the review. Ray is at this museum with Gene. And we get this cool couple of panels where he starts shrinking and growing uncontrollably. And that looks that's kind of cool. He goes but he inspects it and he lands on this like 
this supposed Indian artifact that, you know, when you shrink it down, it's this distress call from Trader. It's this machine that he left there purposely. Like, it, it, alright, it's, it's a machine that Trader planted in this museum to specifically deliver a message to the atom so that the atom would go to Green Lantern. Okay, wait. I'm going to stop you right there because it's it's a piece of Trader's uh, old, you know, his, his costume from the battle with uh, Abin Sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why it's an Indian artifact, yeah. Right. So, like, it has basically his technology, and what's what's essentially happening is that Trader can, you know, he has a telepathic link with this piece of armor as far away as it is. Oh, yeah, no, and, and they did explain that later, which I'm glad about, because if, if when I first read this, I was going under the impression that this had he had to have set this up in advance and pre-recorded this thing, and I'm <laughs> like, seriously? How much coincidence? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah, you know. I, I think what's, what is cool about this is that we get a lot of information on the Atom, you know, it's like if you hadn't really known too much about the Atom, like after this, these two issues, like you know exactly who the Atom is and what his power set is and who his girl girlfriend is. So that that was that was a nice touch. Well, what I was gonna say is Hal is Hal is like test flying like the most advanced alien spaceship I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, what the hell kind of funding does Ferris Aircraft have? Yeah. Yeah, that's just a cool design. It's got, like, laser cannons on the front. This is supposed to be, like, the 50s or 60s, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's about to go blow up the Death Star. What you call it? I like, I love the, the whole uh, charity thing. The charity auction that they had. Yeah. That was really cool. What about the fact that the tattooed man shows up? The guy with the power to bring to life insane, like, vicious <laughs> tattoos. He can bring out a lion to maul you. He can bring out a giant fire wheel for some reason. He can bring out cannons, tanks. Instead, he just pulls out a pistol. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna shoot you. <laughs> God, yeah. Stupid. Yeah. On the uh, the cover to the, the second part of this, mm. I was looking at the, uh, the traffic signs. Um... Oh god, I can barely make it out. Yeah, it's like I can't rate make out one of them. It almost looks like manifested or something like that. Yeah. I have no idea. But the other one, you can clearly see Kane on the big sign, and just above that, you see Ross. <laughs> so that was cool. The two artists on this, well, both the artist on the cover and the artist on the inside. Did oh no, he didn't. Because sometimes Alex Ross does a thing where he'll paint over another artist's pencils, but I don't think he did that here. But uh. Yeah, I mean, the second part, it's a lot of craziness. Again, it's it's fitting that they had the whole villainous monologue thing for the tone that they were going for. Yeah. And they have, like, you know, the whole recap of the story that they told in the uh, the first two parts so that if you had not picked up those, you would know that there was a, you know, like a previous, you know, story where this, all this stuff happened. Yeah, and the, you you learn a little more about Trader through each of these series. 
It's basically like he died. And yeah. they really wanted him as a warrior for battle. And uh, they basically brought him back to life with their technology. So here you have a guy that's been brought back to life from the dead. And all he sees, you know, now all he sees is like, the only truth is death. And everybody needs to die, basically. What I like is that we basically get Trader's backstory and origin three times, mm-hmm. and each time is from someone else's perspective. Like the first time, Avancer was passing on like his second hand, his second or third hand account of Trader's backstory. This time we get Trader's version of it, mm-hmm. and like in the next the next section, which we'll, we're about to get to, we get another character's take on it as, like, based on, like, the stories that she's heard, like, passed down through the ages. And it's interesting to, like, note the differences in them. With, uh, with the Earth having to be brought back to regular size, that, that does kind of make sense, because, like, I don't, I never understood why the Ray was able to do it, but if you shrink something down, like, you're just compressing all the atoms in it. So it's basically like you're turning it into something that could go supernova if it has enough mass. Yeah. So, like, if if they didn't resize the Earth in time, you know, it would just explode and uh, and, and take the ring with it, like, without a doubt. Yeah, I think that's basically it. And, uh, yeah, then I guess explosion happens and Trader goes flying towards the sun where he will not gain any more power. Yeah. This is probably sacrilege, but, and I don't know which of them is to blame for this. I really, I didn't really like the art. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's a Gil Kane thing or a Klaus Janssen thing, but, I don't know, I just, something about the way that, I I guess I want to say it's a Gil Kane thing, because, I, I just, I don't know, just something about the way he draws draws figures, it just bothers me a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, you figure when he was drawing this, he must have been pretty old. Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, I've <laughs> seen, like, I've, I mean, he's, a, he's one of those artists where I've never really been all that thrilled with his work. Really? Even though, yeah. Oh. Well... Okay, do you have the Green Lantern showcases? Um, which black are and white, the the black and white like phone books of Green Lantern uh, comics. I have the first one, yeah. Yeah, like the art in that is beautiful. He's wait, who's who drew Hal's first appearance? Yeah. Gil Kane. That's Gil Kane. Oh, okay, I guess I like younger Gil Kane. Yeah, it's like it's like young Elvis and fat Elvis. I don't like fat Gil Kane. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know the circumstances. I, I thought this was art, art was good. I thought in some places it was very good, but overall it was you know it was acceptable, definitely overall for me. I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, well, when it's bad, it just re- it's really bad. Like that that page where Hal bursts onto the scene at the uh, fundraiser, and like you get that panel of him making like the juggling clown, and you just look at his, the lower half of his body. It's yeah, like it's... it's just like a mass. His his legs are like a two foot long mass of muscle that have a foot at the end. 
It's like, um, yeah. I mean, to me, it's yeah. That that seems like it was done quick. Well, yeah. The other thing is, uh, stories that I've heard. If you have you know an artist from from back in the day like Gil Kane, who eventually you know was was still making comics when when this came out, they they do everything very fast and they do everything quick and they do it loose. Erwin Hassan, the uh, artist who he drew um, Alan Scott in uh, All Star Comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about like the '40s now. And, you know, Erwin Hassan, you know, he's a nice old man now, and he uh, he still hits the conventions, and he still does commissions. And the man doesn't use a pencil. Like, he just he takes a black marker and basically gives you a sketch of whoever you want. And, I mean, you know, <laughs> say 99 times out of 100, they all come out amazing. And that one time out of 100, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm Erwin Hassan, and... You know, basically, I know how to do this. Yeah, and plus, like back then, everybody was was really, really deadline oriented. You know, yeah, the book, this book comes out once a month. We are putting it out once a month, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Whereas, it, you're not gonna find like like today would be like it it any any artist who who is amazing but cannot keep a monthly schedule would not be able to hold their job if they were working back then. It doesn't matter what quality they turn in. If they can't do it fast, then they don't work. Right. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I'm, a lot of these artists were doing multiple books. Oh, yeah. I mean, they almost had to, to you know, make a living. Because they didn't get their pages back to be able to sell them. Oh, God, no. So... So what do you say we uh, we go to the final two issues? Yes, let's. Okay, now here we're on the the Kyle Rayner age of uh, Green Lanterns, and uh, you have you have Kyle Rayner, and he's you know he's hanging out in his apartment with uh, Jade, and all of a sudden he gets a uh, a visitor pop in. It's Stellara of Ramnos. She's uh. Kind of like an energy type being with a blue flame head, we'll say. Mm, yeah. Yeah, she needs help to defeat Traitor, who uh, just destroyed her world. He, I guess, uh, was floating around for a while, and uh, basically he came up with enough power, and um, these, Stel- was it Stellarians? Yeah. They had given up their, you know, war and whatnot. So they just have these these champions and uh Stellaro was one of the champions and, you know, she failed to defeat him, so he destroyed the whole world. So she's you know, she wants to bring Kyle there to to fight him. Unfortunately it turns out that when you defeat a Stellarian in battle, they become your slave for life. So she's actually working for Trader, and she, you know, was told by Trader to go get Green Lantern because he wants to fight him. So, you know, he, he gets, you know, he finds Kyle, and uh, he takes his ring off. He, he gets his ring off, like, pretty quickly. And 
he's like, wait, you're a Green Lantern? He's like, you know, I fought, I fought a couple of Green Lanterns now, and uh, you, sir, are no Green Lantern. Takes his ring and basically crumbles it into dust. And so you have Kyle Rayner, who's sitting on uh, an asteroid, which is like a, a broken off chunk of, what's that, Ram, Ramnos? Yeah, Ramnos. Ramnos. And he's just looking at this little pile of dust that was his Green Lantern ring. That's how they close that issue. The <laughs> second issue, he realizes, realizes, hey, wait a second, I'm not dead. My costume's still here and I can still breathe. He's like, well, the, the ring still has power, even though it's only dust. And he literally wills his ring back together onto his finger, which was very cool. And uh, then we have uh, Trader. He's he's going to Ungara. I just realized his last name is Ungol, and he's going to Ungara. Hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, so the first place that he was really stopped by a Green Lantern was over Ungara. So now he's going back there to, you know, kind of defeat them, you know, once and for all. And uh, he basically shoots like a, wow, it's this, like, colossal beam of energy at the planet. This would completely devastate it, if not destroy it completely. And who's there to stop it? Kyle Rayner, with a nice little energy shield to deflect it. So... You know, they, they go off and uh, they have a good little fight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Trader is, he's basically like, yeah, whatever you throw at me, you know, it's it's not going to do any good. And whatever you throw at me is going to help me, uh, you know, evolve and become, you know, better and stronger and everything like that. So he keeps fighting and Trader just keeps on evolving. His armor keeps getting better and more advanced. Um, Kyle generates some of the previous Green Lanterns that Trader had defeated or been defeated by, rather, in battle. And uh, they're all basically acting as a distraction till till finally Kyle can get, like, the last couple of, you know, punches in. And that basically trigger, triggers what Trader wanted all along. The reason that he was going after these Green Lanterns was not because he wanted revenge. It was because the nature of the Green Lantern ring, that it can take on basically any weapon, is perfect for field testing an armor that evolves to battle any weapon. So he kept on going up against Green Lanterns so that his armor would become like the most advanced that it could possibly be. Till finally there was barely any humanity left, and Kyle completely realized this, and he his last-ditch effort is a tiny little beam flies into Trader's mouth. He swallows it, and it turns out to be an EMP, uh, electromagnetic pulse. And it completely knocks Trader out for a little while. And uh, now Kyle's basically going to die. <laughs> but, <laughs> but not so, because Stellaria, turns out they, uh, they can give up their life force and uh, she gives her life force to Kyle so that, you know, he's completely healed from the battle and he's alive and she's going to die, which isn't really that bad because all of her other people have died already. Hmm. And uh, 
what Kyle then does is he collects all the pieces of Ramnos and he fuses them back together around Traitor so that no Starlight will ever be able to reach him. Uh, in effect, creating recreating a planet that was destroyed. And he buries Stellaria there. Yeah. I like it when Kyle builds planets. He's done that at least one other time that I can think of. <laughs> What was the other time? It was right around Our Worlds at War, I think, when, like, Pluto just happened to vanish or something. So, you know, so he basically rounded up a bunch of asteroids, and he made a Pluto-sized mold, and he poured them all into it and then fused it together to be kind of a, a gravitational placeholder so nothing would get out of whack. Oh. Nice. I'm I'm looking right now at uh Stellaria's Stella's Stella's recap of uh Trader's history as she knows it. Right. And this this goes to what I was saying before, how you know, you look at how she's been talking to Kyle in his apartment, and you look at her recap here. As far as she knows, Green Lantern has always been one person. Like like she's surprised when Kyle doesn't know who Trader is. She even says, like, you're supposed to be his his mortal enemy. And then, like, the recap she gives, you know, it shows us the visual of, you know, all these different lanterns doing this stuff. But she basically says, as you know, you know, Green Lantern stopped Trader's fleet and fought him to a standstill. Then, when Trader crash lands on Earth, Green Lantern found him, and they, f- and they fought again, and lock him away until... Trader finally managed to escape, but Green Lantern was waiting for him, and they fought again, kind of thing. So, oh. so she doesn't make the distinction that it was, it was, this is Kyle, and before him was Hal, and before him was Abin, and before him was Orange Face guy, Starcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, one thing that I thought was very cool was that he flew into the sun, so that he was completely powerless. So how did he escape? Well, yes, the sun went out. <laughs> yes, very nice nod to a final night. Yeah, I, this I thought this was very well done. This is I, I like this a lot. This these two issues. Yeah, I wish Jade got to do more. But yeah. yeah. Well, this was before she had any powers. No, it's not. Are you sure? Look at the page. Next to Kyle standing in the asteroid field. Oh, yes, okay. She has the fiery hand. Yeah, she grabs Stella with a construct hand, but. And this is the kind of book where, like, everything, every detail they put in is there for a reason. Like, when Kyle blips over to the outer space asteroid field, he has a, a thought bubble that says, uh oh. Better adjust the atmosphere quick. And then next panel, he has his aura up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in the next issue, how does he realize that he's he still has power in his busted up ring? Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's still alive because he's in <laughs> space. Which, right. actually, now that I look at that, he, the thing that makes him realize it is that he's still wearing his costume, not the fact that he's not suffocating, but you know, the point <laughs> The point stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the reforming of the ring. Yeah, that's like your favorite thing. That's That really is, like, 
That, that's that's one of my my favorite moments. So cool. It is. With uh, Stellaria, Stellara, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> um, because she is, uh, you know, she becomes Trader's slave. She, you know, she's bound to do it. It's in her DNA. Um, yeah. But she actually, she does like come back and you know hits Trader at one point, which acts as like a distraction long enough to, you know, buy Kyle some time. And so when she actually gives up her life force for uh, for Kyle to live, she, you know, she, it's like, well, I was basically basically gonna die anyway because I went, you know, against the uh, my DNA programming. Yeah. So. Well, that that does help to redeem her in the end, and and I mean, I, you could have redeemed her anyway with having her just have a change of heart and. And decide, you know, what the hell am I doing? I have to help stop this guy. Mm-hmm. But then, if she, the fact that she's dying anyway makes it less tragic that she's basically killing herself to save Kyle. Yeah, I, I like, I really like how when he's battling, like basically final upgrade Trader. Like Trader is not pulling any punches. Obviously, he's like he's going at him. With the full force of his, you know, dead sons and stuff like that. Um, he's punching him in the gut, like, with this enormous fist. He's going right through the armor. He's, de- like, basically destroying Kyle's armor. He's, like, he's crunching his mask on his face and then, like, destroying him, like, blowing him up with, like, this, you know, super blast. Like, you see Kyle in, like, the next panel and, like, you can see muscle. You can see through the skin to his muscle being burned. His face is like completely just pulverized. He's he, he really took a beating on this one. You, yeah. you can tell. It's the it's like look how messed up his face is. It's like yeah. Uh. <laughs> Trader looks like a transformer. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he almost he look he he could fit perfectly into like like. Justice League Unlimited without having to be redesigned at all. Oh, actually, that reminds me. This uh, this two issues was written by a <laughs> somebody that we are, you know, distinctly familiar with. It's not the same. No, it's Scott Collins. Wait, no, he didn't. Yep. He drew the no, last two issues. Oh, you said written. No. Yeah, you did. Oh well. I'll let it I know. Out. I know Scott Collins. Okay. Well, let's go to that because I, I was gonna bring that up anyway. Okay. I had until I sat down to read it through this time. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was Scott Collins' artwork. And I, I'll tell you this. I wish to God this is what Scott Collins' artwork still looked like. <laughs> this is like, like if, if. If, uh, God, not Final Crisis. If Blackest Night Flash 1 to 3 looked like this, I would have been so much happier with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is, uh, it's a lot more tight than what he did with Flash. It's a lot cleaner, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that's probably a stylistic choice on his part, like, to to go with more of a frenetic style on Flash. Hmm. 
that was probably the choice there. But I mean, like this is, uh, I guess this is more of uh, an in between between his, you know, his his quick style and his uh, tonal style. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, because I've I'm just so used to kind of Scott Collins of today. Yeah. But, so this was refreshing. It makes me want to seek out more of his older stuff. Mm. Now, and this is this probably comes down to the inker. Who's who inked this? Uh, Cla- oh, Klaus Janssen still. Okay. I love how they they do space. I love the background stuff. Yeah. Like the star fields, how it's so. Like it's not just like mostly black with a few spots of stars here and there. It's like it's almost saturated with white. Mm-hmm. And I I love it. It makes it so like like when they give you these figures that are so like like clean and simplified, and you put them against this like really complex background, it makes it it makes them pop more. Yeah, I agree with that. And like the, you get kind of the same effect when um when uh you get that page where Trader laughs at the aspect of Kyle being Green Lantern. He just punches him to the ground. And you get all of those like impact lines coming off it. It just gives a this great effect, especially against like, like because you got Kyle's figure and like around him is the aura that's like just just flat, flatly colored. I have to say, like out of out of the three like different uh, art styles, I think they they all fit together like very well. Yes, and I am so glad that they went with three completely different artists for each section. Because not only not only is it appropriate, it also helps set like cement that these happened at completely different times in history. Mm, yeah, yeah. If like if I was gonna say anything, the Abin Sir story, like it might have been, it might have been interesting if they had done that in like uh, I don't know more of a, a distinct Golden Age style. Yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting. I mean, I I don't see it being uh, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense from a commercial point of view, yeah. um, to go to go to that point. But uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's it's beautiful artwork. I, yeah, it actually it kind of reminded me of um, uh, JRJR, John Romita Jr. I could see that. I, there were certain scenes where you you could definitely you know see the, uh, I mean the influence if nothing else. Yeah. Hmm. He definitely has like a good grasp for the feel of this time period. Yeah. Uh, the the cover artists were all amazing as well. Yeah, like all these are painted, right? Oh, you know what? That I, be, I bet you that Gil Kane one was Gil Kane and Alex Ross because it has Gil Kane on cover art. Oh, well then, there you go. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I really love the one, the cover that's just Abinser with the, uh, the, he's, he's, he's wearing his Green Lantern costume and he has like the, the poncho and the hat on. He's got the construct guns. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's that's. Nice, nice image, really good. Really good use of color. You know what it reminded me of? What? The shadow. 
Oh, yeah, with, like, the scarf and everything, yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. Um, and then the, uh, you know, the Staples covers. Staples did the uh, the cover to the trade and the uh, the Kyle Rayner issue covers. Yeah. I, uh, I wasn't really big on those. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just it's just one of those things where I didn't really like the art style. Oh. I I mean like the the second part where uh the way that he painted the the Starcore character. Mm. I thought that was very cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that. I mean, I I think I almost I want to say he they I want to say he does ugly characters really well. Cuz like on when he does Traitor, Traitor oh, yeah. looks kind of Traitor looks kind of right, and Starcore as this like this this weird alien yeah. looks good. But like like when I look at Hal Jordan on like the cover there, all I can think is that looks like a pretty ugly dude. I yeah I can I can see where you're coming from on that one. Although I I'll say also that I do like the way that he drew Stellara. Yeah. That, that that came out very nice, uh, it, and, and the backgrounds are beautiful. Oh yeah, we we didn't touch on the the night. Nice, what I thought was the funniest thing in the whole thing was the whole um the whole Haljor misunderstanding. Yeah, what was with that? I don't know. I just saw it like like he's an alien. He doesn't get it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Okay. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, if, if as long as that's all it was, I, I didn't know if it was supposed to have any, like, some sort of bigger meaning or significance or something. Yeah, he's like, finally, the Haljor, and they're just like, did you just call you Haljor? Yeah. <laughs> then, then they realize, oh, yeah, everything's gonna explode in five minutes, let's, let's, uh, let's move on. The, uh, the character Stellara, you know who she kind of reminded me of? Who? The... You you would definitely be able to remember this better than me, but from the Doomsday, um, oh, the Radiant. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The Radiant. And I was thinking of that Green Lantern also, but I'm like, well, no, it doesn't remind me of the Green Lantern, but it definitely does remind me of the Radiant. Yeah, the Radiant was this uh this big glowy energy being that the people oh. I don't remember, was it the people who created Doomsday, or was it the world that Doomsday was trying to destroy? It was the world that Doomsday was trying to destroy. He was their champion. Yeah, and, like, I think he, like, he was the sum total of all of their mental energy put into one being or something, and he killed Doomsday once, and after <laughs> that it didn't go too great. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, you have the parallels that, you know, they had their one champion. And, uh, you know, defeated, and then, like this one with Traitor, their their one champion was defeated also. Yeah. This is the kind of story that really, it's good to point people at this when they want to know, like, well, how powerful is Green Lantern anyway? Because even just the Kyle issue, where it's like one, or the Kyle issues, where it's like one gigantic fight scene that <laughs> involves destroying planets and building new ones and all this stuff. Yeah, very true. What's it called? Traitor is real name, Devlos Ungal. Every once in a while, like I'll look at the uh, the names of some of these characters, and I'll see what they say backwards. Oh God! 
Well, devlos backwards is the word solved. What is it? Solved. Like you solve a puzzle. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, ungul backwards is lognu. That's not a word. <laughs> I, the only thing I could find referring to Lognu was uh, the spider character from Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> God. Yeah, solved spider character. That's what it's based on. We just found, like, a hidden cheat code for Lord of the Rings Online. Let's get on this. <laughs> yeah, type in traitor and see if anything happens. God. What do you think... Like, what would you think of Trader coming back? Because it's totally left open if they wanted to, because he's not dead. He's just sealed inside this faux planet. So, um, like, it's uh, like any any writer who wanted to could really just come along and crack it open and bring him out again. Well, I mean, like, to take it one step further, like, they could take him out, and they could completely revamp him so that he's completely aligned with the, the Black Lantern Corps. Huh. I mean, like, he's completely obsessed with death and killing everything. You know? Mm. So, I mean, between that and also rage, and not even rage so much because, you know, you have Atrocitus who actually wants to preserve life. Yeah, I mean, he'd fit right in with the, the Black Lantern Corps. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about in terms of, like, like, what kind of ring could we give him or anything. Just in terms of, like, like, this is, like, an insane level threat. And he's already kind of kind of evolved beyond all of these other guys. So, in terms of, like, like having this, like, stupidly powerful Green Lantern bad guy floating around out there. Right. Well, yeah. like, I, you know, I definitely think that they could bring him back. But, like I said, like, not so much just to give him a ring. I think for story potential, I think you'd almost have to align him with Necron or something like that, just so that way, eventually, you would have a, a way to get rid of him. Because, I mean, like, he's so insanely powerful, like, what do you do? If you build another planet around him, then, like, you know, now you're living in an age where people will drill into that planet to get him out, so that they can try and use him, not realizing that that's not going to happen. True. So... Yeah, this was a good one. This was, that middle section was a lot better this time around than it was when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, because you know when when we when we were talking about this last episode, I distinctly remember you saying something to the effect of, "Oh, have fun with that one." <laughs> yeah, I I just I disliked that so much. Like I remember liking the Avenger stuff. And liking the Kyle Rayner stuff, but trying to get through the Hal Jordan and Adam stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was decent. And like like I said, for what it was, I thought it was well done. Very well done. Hmm. So, okay. I don't, we don't really have uh, too much else to mention. Just uh, one quick piece of news like we've, we've gotten uh, some emails in the past and I think we addressed this last episode also uh, we've gotten some emails as far as whether or not Aroba Silver is uh, you know what's what's going on with them can they ship to America or not and we have gotten confirmation that 
their license does not extend to America. So they cannot, you know, sell rings to, you know, to America. Now, beyond that, I'm not really sure. We're going to continue looking into it and see, you know, see what happens from there. But uh, that's that's where what we know so far. Yeah. 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 We have to end on a positive note. Well, (laughs) I, I have a positive note for you. Oh, you do? Yes. What? Yes, as of today, as of this recording, I guess when they listen to it, it'll have been up for a while now. The Red Lantern battery tutorial is absolutely 100% up and running online. Where? It's, <laughs> okay, it's on our webpage. If you look at the top, you'll see, you know, all the, the buttons that you can go to. You can go to the forum. You can go to the Facebook page. Well, now there's a new button for tutorials, and oh. you click on that, and it brings you right to the Red Lantern battery. It's not even tutorials. It's tutorials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. originally it was Red Lantern battery tutorial, but that was really long, and it kind of pushed other things off. So nice. for now, that's it. Nice. Yeah, so. I looked for that earlier today. I'm like, really, it's not there. Yeah, and then I replied to you. It's like, you need to check the website more often. And then yeah, the, but by then the forum went down again. Yeah, then the message okay. board went down again. So, yeah. oh, you know, let's let's let me just comment on that because I know you're always behind in podcasts, and we have listeners that don't listen to CGS. In um, this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday as we record. So on Monday, Monday's Comic Geek TV episode. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, my dog. Oh, oh, hi. She, she yawned. Jesus, your dog yawned. Yawns epically. <laughs> yeah. Um. But Brian Deemer, who's you know he's he he runs Comic Geek Speak and Super Show, and he's like the the tech guy for the website and everything. He made the forums. He's telling on the episode like like basically somebody like like a week ago the forums got the website and forums got hacked, and somebody emailed him saying you know hey your your website has has a vulnerable spot to it i got in i changed your passwords here's your new password take care so it was it was kind of good in that he found he he was uh, able to improve the security of the website and he was able to fix the website but the forum is like a third-party thing that he couldn't fix, so he had to upgrade to a new version to fix it. And now there's just issues getting the upgrade to work smoothly. So, <laughs> so he's he's uh, been spending several days on like going back and forth with uh, their tech support people to get it working smoothly. So, so uh, if you're if you're like us and you really wish the forum was around and stable, just know that. The, the kind gentleman who's doing all of this for free and on his own time is, is a, he's plugging away at it. He wants it as badly as you do. Oh, that's cool. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear about the fact that the hacker, uh, (laughs) let him know. It's like, hey, you have this weak spot. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, that's kind of cool, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. As as far as hackers go, that's definitely a cool, a cool thing to do. Well, yeah. But did you see the website? 
after it was hacked, it had like like I don't need, I don't have any idea what language it was. I wanted to say it was Arabic, but that's grossly generalizing on my part. But like <laughs> it was it was covered in like this uh, some other language, and it was automatically scrolling down slowly, so you could presumably read it. But I have no idea what it said. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, okay, so now to end on another positive note. Oh, I have another one after you. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so I got a, a an email like a, a week, two weeks ago or so um, from Peter Rios from Comic Geek Speak. Ooh. Yeah. Apparently, as they were cleaning up the studio, they found a sketch from CGS episode uh, 300. Uh-huh. There was uh, somebody had uh, left a sketch there for me, and you know it got lost and whatnot. And no uh, way. Yeah, like they're like, oh, we were cleaning up and we just found this this sketch for you. So we just need an an, an address and uh, we'll send it off to you. Was this? Go on, go on, go on. Okay, I'm not gonna say who it is because this was the free sketch, uh, which was supposed to go with uh, the sketch that I actually paid for but never got. I was gonna say, is this the one that you told the story about before? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not gonna say the name again. If I, oh, no, no, no. Even if I said it the first time, I don't know, but um, I'm not gonna say the name again because it's just I'm not gonna publicize that person anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Um. But yeah, so so I wrote back. I'm like, listen, I'm like, Peter, I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. I'm like, if you're going to send that to me, you know, when when we were at Super Show, I I was never able to get a program. Like, uh, you know, in, in all the craziness, I forgot to go get a program. Now, I've been going since episode 300. So I have episode 300's program. I have Super Show number one's program. And here I didn't have Super Show number two, was, you know, 2010. And since I plan on going to, like, all of these, it'd be nice to have a complete collection of the ones that I went to. Hmm. So uh, he's like, I'll uh, I'll have Pants look for one, and uh, if he can find it, I'll, he'll send it along with it. So, like, earlier this week, I, you know, I got some mail, and uh, it was the sketch. It was from CGS. And I'm, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, I don't feel anything else in it. I think it's just the sketch. And I open it up, and there's the program. And, I mean, like, the sketch is cool, <laughs> but, like, getting the program was, like, so much infinitely better. <laughs> I think the coolest thing about that is their, their magic envelope that they had in red. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's cool. my other good news. So now I guess you have some more good news? Yeah, well, I'm gonna lead with bad news first. Um, <laughs> I I um I got to sit down because we talked about this last time. I got to sit down and read the first two issues of um Giffen's Return to Booster Gold. Oh God! And I I mean I'm obviously I'm, I'm going to to read the the other issue or two that I've already ordered. Yeah. But it's like I don't think I'm gonna keep going with it, and it's. I don't know, it's, it's the kind of thing, like, I like some of the character stuff that's going on. I, spe- I especially like Rip when he interacts with, uh, like, the kid they adopted, apparently. <laughs> Where did she I come lo- from? Um, 
in the first issue, she was the she was the little girl that wanted to go to the bathroom all the time. What? Do you remember do you remember the first issue? <laughs> first issue of Booster Gold? No, of uh Giffen's run. Oh. One right now. Oh god. Okay, never mind. Whatever. Whatever. And I like I like some of the situations. Like I like the fact that Giffen send sent Booster back in time to the JLI days and how a Martian Manhunter immediately knows he's from the future, because you know, that makes sense. I love the fact that the run started off with Booster going to the Great Darkness Saga, which is, like, the one Legion story I, I had ever read up until, like, a couple of years ago. So it's like, there's there's a lot of great stuff in there, but they're trying way too hard to be funny. And I can't remember if you said this, but to me it's like, it's it's like, I I I know what this writing team is capable of because it's Giffen and Dimatheus, and they don't need to try and beat you over the head with it. Like you can get, let there be some subtlety, let the characters just be the characters, and don't just like they're they're trying to force the the humor. Right. Like this is this is the same reason why why you'd be hard pressed to find a comedy movie that I can sit through. Because I hate, I hate it when it feels like okay, they're they're forcing the joke because they have to kind of thing. So, and you know, it's it's disappointing, but you know, I you know like this uh, this is coming right after the Metal Men backup from the Doom Patrol series. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely I did not like that at all. I thought that was. I don't know. Pretty much just unreadable. And I I don't necessarily know that that was that well received either because, you know, now it's canceled and they're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um so, I mean, I I guess I would have to wonder if, you know, do they still have it? You know, do they still have the, you know, the lightning that everybody loved so much from the JLI days? Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of writers lately that I used to love their work, and now it's like, oh, it's just starting to disappoint me. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm probably not going to keep going with Booster Gold, unless, like, the next two issues, which I've already paid for, win me back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. The good news, and then we're out. Okay. All right, all right. This, as far as I know, this came out today. Yesterday. It came out yesterday. Yep. What? I, I already know what you're gonna say. What are, what am I, oh, you have Facebook. Okay. <laughs> um, do you, alright, Hastings, which is apparently a chain of stores that I've never heard of before right now, mm-hmm. is, they're starting to, they're gonna start to carry comics. And when I say that, I don't mean like your Barnes and Noble, you know, you know, we have like a bunch of trades on a bookshelf over in the corner over there. They're gonna have like, like, like comic shop style wall racks of comics, just like in their store. Like, uh, I, I saw this on Newsarama. I think they said, "Where did they say here?" They're gonna have all the the new issues, you know, the major mainstream new issues, and yeah. uh, some indie stuff. And then they're also gonna carry back issues. Yeah, as well as I think, I think uh, uh, a ton of trades and manga. Yeah. 
Yeah, but this is like, and they're they're doing this to kind of supplement the uh, the money they weren't making anymore on the sales of music items because everybody's going digital for that stuff. And like, just the picture they have up here with the Newsarama article, it's like, it's inspiring. You know, it's it's it. This is like this is like a comic store setup in a non comic store. You know. I mean, what's the big, the big like stumbling block of industry growth for a long time has been, you know, the double-edged sword that is a shop that caters to a specific niche audience. Because on the one hand, it's great that guys like you and me have an entire network of stores that are geared specifically towards us. But the other side of that is, it's not really accessible to anyone else. Because, like, if you're not already a comic fan, you don't have any reason to go into a comic store, which means getting new readers is harder. But right. this way, like, like this is, like, uh, despite the fact that I've never heard of Hastings before, I, I assume they're fairly successful. <laughs> and, like, you're, you're going to be putting new comics from an array of publishers out there right in front of people who might otherwise never see them or know where to look for them. Like, even if you just, even if you just go by, like, impulse purchases, purchases that people might make as they're on their way out of the store, this could be huge. Like, this could, like, this could have, like, a really good effect on the different publishers' numbers. Alright. Okay, everybody. Um, we're out of here. It's the LanternCast, LanternCast.com, LanternCast at gmail.com, or Jim, Dan, Jason at LanternCast.com, any one of those. We have, uh, well, we have a forum, but that's not working at the moment. Hopefully, when you log on, when this episode comes out, the forums will be up. Otherwise, we have a temporary forum. We also have a Facebook page. We have a voicemail line at 206-600-7357. We're available on iTunes. You can follow Rage Kitty at twitter.com slash Rage Kitty. And if you'd like to figure out how to make a Red Lantern battery prop, you can go to our website, click on the tutorials button. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe next week I'll have some energy to, uh, do a contest or something like that? Yeah. yeah. We'll probably... We'll give you a week to recharge. That'll be fine. <laughs> Okie doke. Good night, everybody. Good night.